With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, welcome back into the Letterman Lounge. We are at Roosters on Olentangy River Road in beautiful Columbus, Ohio, the greatest city in the world. A lovely spring day out there. Spring football's going on. The Buckeyes practiced on Monday morning, number five. Pro Day is tomorrow, uh, which is also Appetizer Tuesday to come get your mozzarella cheese sticks at Roosters. Um, and there's still some basketball to watch, although Ohio State's not in here. But my bracket is still better than yours, Bob. So, uh, Mine's not far behind. I know, and I don't have my national champion. So I have Gonzaga to, and Baylor yeah, still. Or, uh, so you're about to pass me. A Baylor. Who I have? Gonzaga. Gonzaga. And, and who's the other team, the one seed in the – Michigan. I have Gonzaga and Michigan still alive. So if my Final Four Bob, breaks out, I'll be got a shot. Bob, big Michigan guy, pulling for them to get through. I know – I pull, I had Illinois. I had like three Big Ten teams. I went so heavy on the Big Ten, and then literally in local in local brackets, I'm doing all right because a lot of people went heavy in the Big Ten. Yeah, nationally, like slaughtered. Not working out. Uh, Bobby Carpenter, Cardale Jones, Spencer Holbrook jumping in with us. A lot to uh, discuss with these Buckeyes, and um, let's start with Pro Day because I think you know. I remember Cardale, your experience going through. You let me shadow you around a little bit through one of the wilder ones that Ohio State has ever had with you and 11 other draft picks, 12 draft picks going out there to make some money. A quarterback, Justin Fields situation, he's been, we've talked about him for the last couple of years, and he's become the most scrutinized, I think, player in this draft. What will he be thinking about today? What's he trying to accomplish tomorrow? I mean, it's hard when, especially at that position, because that comes with a lot of scrutiny, period. You know, no good, bad, or indifferent player, no matter where you play. But when you got a guy like Justin who's proven so much, but still it seemed like, you know, just because he wasn't able to, you know, the Buckeyes were him behind center were able to get a national championship, it's almost like he still fell. But he, you look at guys who did so not even close to his resume and did decently well and they get all this hype and praise and should be the guy and this and that and this and that. And you just like, what? Like, let's not forget about the guy in Columbus, you know? So I think he will try to uh, – hopefully he would, he tried through this whole process to eliminate all the outside noise and to focus on what he do, focus on um, the things he do extremely well and go out there and show to, uh, tomorrow that he is, you know, if um, definitely a top two, if not number one quarterback in his draft. So one of the things with Justin that you know I think is underrated, and you know I've been talking around and trying to dig in this because all these moves are being made, and it, you know it looks like Trevor Lawrence is going one. I think a lot of people. Ur- yeah. Urban said today that he's oh. he's leaning towards Trevor Lawrence. He can say whatever he wants because you got the first pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, yeah. Can, you can you say this. You, you can say like yeah. it doesn't matter because no one else can jump you. Like there's no <laughs> way to get ahead of you. You can say whatever you want. Um, it looks like you know potentially. Zach Wilson might be leaning towards third, second with the Jets, and then all of a sudden it's like there's this big movement where you know the Niners jump up and Dolphins. It's three way trade, getting everything going essentially. And it's like, well, who are they coming up for? You know, some people say Mac Jones. You know, is it Fields? I like doesn't really feel like that with you know how Kyle what he wants to do offensively. Which I'm like, you know, Justin's really athletic. He moves around really well. He throws a great deep ball, which is something they really didn't have a lot of with Garoppolo. So I would kind of answer that question. And then I've heard a lot more as I've looked at this, like of okay, is it is it uh, Trey Lance? 
Like, well, Trey Lance hardly even played. I mean, people talk about Justin not having a whole yeah. lot of games. I mean, he didn't play at all this year. And it's not his fault. Yeah. But the thing that, like, and, and so Justin, I, I, he's, a, he's a quiet kid, but he's very confident. And I think he's really become a great leader the last year. And you heard him, obviously, at the start of the season trying to help the, the, the season to get kicked off again yeah. and initiating that. And I think that he really grew and matured as a man. And I think one of the problems that he's having as much as anybody – and it hurts him because he doesn't get to get in front of a room at the combine where you talk to all these guys. You're drafting a quarterback in the top ten. Like yeah, some yeah. GMs, like dude, you're you, pulling you. out. I'm stamping this, and like for better or worse, Craig, like you're chaining to you. Exactly. And if you exactly. fail, I mean, you think about you we look, both out of here. Yeah, we're both yeah, out yeah. of here. <laughs> you look at what's going on in Chicago right now, and it's like okay, like Trubisky wasn't in. I mean, you got one year to fix this problem, or else <laughs> you're both done. Exactly. And so that's Ryan Pace. That's what he's dealing with. And so I think you want to feel really comfortable with the guy. And I think Justin, I mean, he's a firm handshake. He's going to look you in the eye. He, he's a, a very impressive young man. And I think he's grown a lot, you know, since when he was younger and went to Georgia and then obviously coming here and becoming the guy. And I think for me, he's going to throw well. Like, he's an accurate quarterback. Yeah. He's going to look fine. You're throwing routes on air. Cardell will tell you, like, you're throwing routes on air, man. Like, yeah. the guys you know yeah. in a controlled environment. Maybe yesterday in the windstorm, a little more difficult. <laughs> but inside, but I, I hope that he's able to get some time to be able to, like, talk to – because there's going to be some head coaches and GMs here that are yeah. interested. To, like, sit there and, like, even if it's just a couple minutes, because he's, he's a very impressive young man to, like, you know, I like that kid. Like, and then you start going back – and you review the film with you knowing in your mind you already like some of his non-physical attributes and the, quote, intangibles, and you look at it a little bit differently. Like, okay, yeah, I can see this. I can see that because, yeah, right there. Because you feel like you know who the guy is then. You know what he's thinking, and he he has the responsibility, and you feel like I can hand a franchise to this guy and be okay. Yeah, I just don't get it, man. I mean, Pro Days is, is great. I think more so for for – Defensive players, more so for the big guys. I want to see them move. I want to see them you can really move without the pads on. And can you really bend and things like that? Because you might have limited opportunities to do that. Yeah. But you're telling me that, you know, I, all the hype that Zach Wilson been getting in the last couple of days over at this pro day. I mean, yeah, he made some pretty good throws, but those are throws you're supposed to make. But the one that he was backing up and just launched downfield, you can't teach that, right? right. But I want to see what a guy can do when, when a freaking 300-pounder is moving – Almost as quick as you, and he just got in untouched, and you can stand out there and throw the ball downfield. And Justin has proven him to be able to do that. And not saying Zach hasn't, right. but or any of these quarterbacks haven't, because he's all some really good quarterbacks. And w when you look at the more real life situations that these quarterbacks are going to be in the NFL, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields have definitely been in more of those type of situations. Oh yeah. Far as throwing a guy open, far as. Like I said, when a guy's free, standing there to take that hit or you know you got to stand there or make a guy miss, whatever it may be, instead of them being, you know, the Great Wall of China and you having 10 minutes to throw the ball downfield to the Heisman Trophy winner or, you know, running around, playing the guys over out. What is BYU Conference? Uh, they're no independent. independent. Oh, independent. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So some of, the, some, some of the guys yeah. that, he, that, you know, Wilson was playing against that probably couldn't, you know, Cincinnati go out there and wipe them all clean. Um, no offense to Cincinnati, but I want to see guys perform at a high level versus high competition for the most part. And that's what I – like. Spencer and I have joked about this every time one of these mock drafts come out. or the, oh, well, Today it's going to be Mac Jones. Tomorrow it's Trey Lance that they're putting – like this guy that didn't play but one game last year at a completely different level of football, not that he was in independent or, uh, you know, playing uh, a Mountain West schedule. The guy was at the FCS level. 
yeah. compared and we're knocking Justin Fields for the Northwestern game when he didn't have his top receiver and you had they might have two first round draft picks on that team. Like, <laughs> I mean, what yeah. are we talking about? Yeah, it's man, it's so tough when you when you start comparing quarterbacks, especially because you got to look at it all around the country, not just conference, yeah. not just divisions, levels, things like that. But I just. Like I said, I got, I'm going to base guys. That's why I never get into recruiting another thing. I never pay attention to recruiting guys coming from high school to college because, oh, this guy was a dominant guy and freaking uh, uh, freaking a suburb of Cincinnati yeah. <laughs> and, and they played all these, you know, low-level teams that you never heard of and then they go to a major school, a major program, and he just, he's just a guy. Right. And you're like, what happened to that guy? Well, look who he was playing. Look who he was going against for the most part of his development. You know, that's what happened to the guy. Yeah. You know, but you got some of those exceptional stories that guys are, you know, really well. I mean, if he's a dog, he's a dog. But it's not like that in a lot of places and in a lot of situations. Yeah, not so, to say that a Mountain West schedule can't produce a superstar uh, like Josh Allen. For sure. Well, for and, sure. I, and I don't want to sit here and, and bash on the other guys because there are – it's not Trey Lance's fault they didn't play. Right. Just like it's not Justin's fault he only got you know six or seven games you yeah. know, until the playoff. Like you could only do and control what you can. So it's not necessarily that. But I think if you look at you know Justin's whole body of work from his June sophomore year last year, yeah, there's a couple games in there didn't play all that well. How did he respond? How did he answer? Played really well against one of the better teams in the country in Clemson. Yeah. Like no one's going to argue that. Against Alabama, okay, he didn't play terrible. It wasn't like he was the reason they were struggling. Yeah. They had a lot of issues, but he was all right. You look back to the season before, played really well against Clemson in that game for the most part. Like, they had some issues, played pretty good you know, for the majority of the season. And like, the one thing that people have been hammering on like, that I've heard is his lack of anticipation. I'll say the interception he threw against Clemson in 2019 – he anticipated and threw the – he anticipated – that's <laughs> yeah. why it was intercepted. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, Gar- or, uh, Chris saw the wrong – you know, that he misread it, and he's anticipating where he's supposed to go. Boom, he hits it in there, and that's why he threw the ball. And, like, that's why it was intercepted. He was anticipating that throw. Like, some mid-range stuff he'll tell you. Like, that's the hardest thing to teach yeah. those guys is, you know, you start getting those 12 to 18-yard crossing routes for the middle of the field because there's a lot of stuff going on. And that just comes with reps and it comes with development if you've shown you have the ability to do that. Yeah. And so he's he's proven that. And I just I feel bad because there's just been this narrative out there like all of a sudden he's not this, he's not that. Well, I don't know if any of these other guys really are either. And they haven't proven to me that they that they have better a better school not skill set. Not at all. I think I mean one guy that I've always been high on ever since he stepped field on a ever since he stepped foot on a football field in college was um uh, Trevor Lawrence. And I think every year he's been in school, I think he'd have been the number one pick, even over my boy Joe last year. Yeah. That's how good he is, and that's and he has the anticipation. He has all the tools you think about. He, he's smart. He's a leader. He can run, which I had no clue until last year. Fast. Yeah, and he, <laughs> until he took off on Ohio State. Yeah. But if I'm comparing a guy to that who's the next – most ready quarterback in this draft to go into a locker room and, and potentially be the guy from day one, I'm going to go with Justin. And then all these guys, everybody got their top five quarterbacks. You know, my top five would be a little bit different because then I'm going to go with uh, Mac Jones. <laughs> then I'm going to go with Kyle Trask. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then all these other guys. I mean, you got great quarterbacks, but you got, like you said, the things that you're going to have to do on the next level. These guys do it really well and still it's going to continue to get better with it. Well, one of the things, too, you mentioned Mac Jones, and not to knock him, 
I mean, he was throwing seven on seven all year. Like, oh, for, that's what I said. <laughs> he's behind the great. Yeah, I get that. But one thing you can dispute though is his accuracy. You he's can't very dispute, ready. Yeah, yeah. You cannot dispute his accuracy. You can dispute his his smarts on the football field. And that's, that's one thing I can say. And from seeing him play in person, how State versus uh, oh, he's good. I was yeah. I was like yeah. This, this guy's I pretty just, good. I just don't know how high his ceiling is. I think he's got a really that's high a floor. Point. He's really developed. You can come in. And I, I was talking to someone about it where year one, you're like, man, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. Year three. Yeah, he's pretty good. And you're five, like, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty good. Like, yeah. I don't think he, I don't know if there's that next level to him where you're like, this guy could become, you know, a perennial pro bowl or whatever it is. And when you're taking guys that high, you, you want to be able to have that, not just someone who, you know, I think he has the ability to kind of be a little bit Kirk Cousins-ish, you know, Andy Dalton-esque. Like, he does everything pretty well. Yeah. Doesn't have a great arm. And, and you can win like that. I just don't. Exactly. I don't. And you can win early like that, which is big. But I just don't know if he has – those elite, any elite traits that would really separate him when you start talking about you know, Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes and, and guys like that where, hey, the generational dudes, and I believe we're splitting hairs on this, but I just yeah. feel like I don't know if he has any of those skills because you never really had to see him to tell you the yeah. truth, and that's yeah, not his a, fault either. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. I mean, they had one of the most talented teams I had the ever, opportunity yeah, of watching, seen. yeah, and, you know, in person. Um, but like I said, certain things you still can't knock about the guy because he's a winner. And it's so hard when we talk – Distinguished players, period, when it comes to one year of tape. Yeah. You know, people thought, you know, I mean, you guy can turn around, but did Daniel Jones go to Duke, right? One yeah. year in yeah. Duke. So people thought he was the next Peyton Manny from the day he stepped on the NFL football field. Um, it's weird how, what's, what's, Cardell, it's weird how guys like Daniel Jones get, get the benefit of the doubt because, oh, we worked with David Cutcliffe and, like, he worked, he should know the game just like Peyton did and, like, for one yeah. year of tape, and then Justin Fields is like absolutely shredded yeah. for one game. Yeah, and then a guy like you know um, Trey gets you know one game of tape, and oh, it's the next greatest thing. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I, you know, I, I really wonder how these buzzes start around these players, not just quarterbacks, and who who who's back there with their phone or on Twitter. <laughs> like, let me start this buzz, guys. You got to go see this guy down in freaking North Dakota State. He played one game, but golly, this game was unreal. <laughs> He's going to be the guy. Yeah. He threw two but, picks in that game. The yeah. one game he's played this year, I think he threw two interceptions. I think they were wow. But it happens. Don't but take him. If yeah. there's, it happens. <laughs> if there's one guy in this draft, though, quarterback-wise, that's the toughest, because usually every year around this time we're starting to hear, like, which quarterback is most durable? Which quarterback is the toughest? We haven't heard that one bit this year. Who has the biggest hands? I, yeah, we, yeah. We, we're not hearing, like, the typical narratives. The, the toughest quarterback in this draft is Justin Fields. If you look at what he did after that in that Clemson game, the kid uh, is just – Tough. I, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence still. <laughs> I'm going to go. I think Trevor Lawrence still the toughest. I, I think overall Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in this draft. And, he, he's really and, good. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I will yeah. say that I mean, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is a big physical dude. That's like, what's Both him yeah. and Justin, when you put them up there, like it's two impressive looking guys. It is. Like, they're both 230, 235 plus. In like, their own way. Physically exactly. developed. Like, exactly. Trevor's a little longer. Like Justin has massive legs. Like he he's he's a yeah. strong, strong human being. Yeah. Good, good player. Well, so. The toughest players. quarterback on the market might be sitting right here. There you go. That, that's no comment. <laughs> we need to call, I mean, we need on, to call your guy, Urban, you know. Come on, now, get him down you there. Go you go down there and work with, with Urban and Trevor Lawrence. What are your all-time, <laughs> you're one of the all-time favorites. No, I don't the think all-time so. favorite list. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny thing. I, you know, Cardell's been uh, out doing some training in Arizona. He's still out there. I was I was thinking about before he sat down, like, he's on the comeback trail, but it was only a year ago that you were playing, like, COVID just changed everything. It oh, feels like sure. it was 10 years ago. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I cannot tell you how much I felt in, uh, you know, going out to Arizona earlier this month and uh, really getting with a quarterback coach, Donovan McNabb, and really getting back into 
like almost like the things we were doing was almost like if you were in camp or mini camp yeah. type of drills you're gonna do. You know, you spend so much time with your coach on the field. And I just was I remember it was like, man, I don't remember feeling like this days after. <laughs> Still sore all over, but I was like, golly, you know, you don't remember that feeling, but you kinda miss it, right? So trying to get back to that. So we'll see. We'll see. So go back to your pro day and, and George Whitfield and the, the script, whatever you guys wanted to accomplish, that process. Now Justin Fields will be going through the same thing tonight with the throws he wants to make. Obviously there's some feedback from the NFL with what they want you to do, the scouts. What, what was that process like to get ready uh, for what you needed to do uh, on a day like tomorrow? Yeah, pro day is all about you and your guys. So you guys, like you said, you picked the script. So we did it almost. One thing, a knock on me, uh, well, knock on Ohio State and the system we ran was we never was under center and we never was in huddle and things like that. So after, you know, I had Mike Thomas, I had Jalen Marshall, I had um, Ezekiel Elliott, I had Jeff Green, I had Nick Vinette. So we had your typical 7 on 7 style guy, and I had Pat Fline for my center. So, oh no, I had Joe Hell for my center. So it was more so every time we were, we had our scripts and we had plays. So we called our plays in the huddle and we just lined up. So we broke the huddle every trip, and, you know, we went from outside to in. So I take a snap, boom, I got my slant with Mike. I take a snap, boom, I got my sticker out with uh, Nick. Boom, I take my snap, I got a backside slant with Jalen. Take my snap, I got a swing route with Zeke. Take my snap, and I got a hitch with freaking uh, Jeff Green. And then we all came back to the huddle. So we were running actual plays, and people wanted to see me personally communicate the line of scrimmage. And we did some things with some audibles in there and things like that, just with the communication part of, you know, you don't usually have in a spread-type offense. So we knew some of the things that we really loved to do and things that made us to get to that point, you know, throwing off the deep ball and so certain guys want to make sure they want to run certain routes. So it's really all about them. And then at the end, you know, like you said, a team might pull a guy to the side, like, hey, let me see you run this again or do this again. So, Bob, the process, you got were you hurt getting ready for the I, draft? I, I remember. Yeah, so I did okay. everything on pro day. Okay. And my pro day was a full day's work combine, and that was back – I don't think you were – you are too young, Cardale, but, like, guys would come. They used to let recruits come. I mean, that was that was part of it. They let recruits come, too. And so, Tress – oh, gosh, I hated him. I used to get in, I'd get in a fight with them because they wanted recruits to be there. And I'm like, it's not about them. It's about us. About trying, yeah, to make, trying to make a couple million you today. Four, yeah. Giving you four years. Okay, yeah. can you at least give me one day? <laughs> I don't want to be starting my pro day at, like, 11, 11 30, 12 o'clock and have this thing drag on until 4.30, which is what happened. Oh, and by the way – you know, Mick runs this thing like a top. They oh, never for cut, sure. They never cut the clock on us. AJ Schlegs and I went for about 40 minutes of just <laughs> drops and everything. At the end, after I'd already done 40, shuttle, bench, squat, like everything. I'd done all that stuff. And they just let them keep going. Buzzer goes off. They just keep running. No one says a word. I'm like, dude, my legs are like heavy, starting yeah. to hurt. Yeah. And, you know, it's good with that. But it was a, it was a long day, man, really long day. We had – we had nine guys drafted in my class, five first rounders. I mean, so there was it was similar to his deal. I mean, there were seventy people there. We had you know, Bill Coward. I mean, there was a handful of head coaches and GMs. I mean, it was it was a pretty pretty stellar deal. But I mean, yeah, and it's packed all over the field. You're trying to get places. They're trying to do stuff, and it was just uh, there's a lot going on. But it was it was a fun day. You're you're relieved when it's over because at that point. You know, we used to fly around then. We'd have visits and stuff. They don't have that now. Now visits meeting the screen, but yeah. Uh, you know, the, the hay, the proverbial hay was in the bar. Like, I have nothing more I can show you physically. You have my film. Yeah. I've done this, combine, you know, whatever it is, senior bowl, all-star games, and now I've given you the last bit of work. Like, yeah. you've seen everything. You know, do this, do yeah. that, and there's nothing left. Yeah, I think, if I can remember, because I remember right after the combine, 
we had probably about five to six weeks for our pro day. And it was all hands on deck. I thought the combine training was brutal. But, I mean, I hate the drills and all that little stuff like that, right? Yeah, the but, cone drills. Yeah, Prepping exactly. for the 40. Like, but the prepping. exposed non-athletes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But prepping for the pro day was completely different. And then you had, like, yeah, I don't know. If, hopefully they get back to this point because one thing I really enjoy, like you said, the team visits and then teams come in and they work you out individually. Yeah. And then, you know, you talk ball. What I can remember a day before – no, two days before the draft, man, um, I ended up not getting drafted to him. I played for for two years for the Chargers, and Shane Steichen, the quarterback coach, flies out to freaking Cleveland, Ohio, got him in the veal. <laughs> got Shane at the veal. Outside? He like, where am I? Yeah. <laughs> no, we did board work first. We did board and, um, we did yeah. board and film work first. And then we took him to the veal, and randomly, I was headed up to Cleveland. I get a text, hey, does Shane Steichen want to come work you out? I'm just like – where are you? He's like, where are you? I was like, I'm headed to Cleveland. He's like, I'll meet you there. So, um, freaking, I remember world. just calling all my buddies to see who's in Cleveland, all my high school teammates. Can you guys go run around? Swear me, please. Just yeah. go catch the ball. So, before I had a complete disclaimer with Shane, I'm like, hey, Shane, man, I don't know him last time this guy caught a ball. So let's just have him catch <laughs> routes. Like, yeah. I'm like, let's You're just. You're not here to evaluate him. Yeah, yeah. Let's not have him throw. I said, let's not have him run routes. Let's just have him catch him. Because I don't know. He might tear something. Oh. You know, this is. Yeah, this you is for. liable for this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But just having him, like, freaking come to the veil and then the gate was locked. Our field was gate was locked. So I had that. Yeah. Sick Ted Senior, man. Like. Well, it was still a school day. Yeah. So I freaking had to hop the gate. Right, I had to hop the freaking gate, right? I wish the police would have came. That would have been better. It would have been horrible. That's good. Having me and the NFL coach hop a freaking uh, 12-foot gate to get into this football field. That's amazing. I'll tell, so we had two workout. I got two workout stories that similar to that because you're trying to find people. And so I had uh, Paul Pascaloni who, you know, his reputation, old school Penn yeah. State linebacker, coach at Syracuse, Coach Donovan. They say, you see him, man. Ask him about Pascaloni, dude. Like, Pascaloni, all those guys. He was his head coach. Yeah. I mean, dude, it was like – I'm trying to think of the hardest coach. Like, I mean, you take Fick and, like, I mean, amped up by <laughs> – Dude, it wasn't even real. He'd be yelling on, like, Fridays at our practices in the NFL. He comes to work us out, and I'm like, hey, how long? He's like, oh, you know, you know 50, 20 minutes on the board, 20 minutes on the field. I'm like, all right, that's fine. So, I, like – I lifted weights before. I did, like, decent little workout. Somebody go there. I was like, hey, do you care if my brother comes? He was a uh, rising junior at Cincinnati. He's like, yeah, come over there. Like, so my brother shows up. He's got, like, flip-flops and, like, shorts on. Next thing you know, we're, like, 25 minutes in this workout side, and he's going to the basic. Hey, hey, John, get over here. And he's, like, <laughs> he's going with me, like – I mean, we, we worked out for like an hour and 10 minutes. He's got oh like, my God. he's like, I had Dwight Freeney. We're doing edge rush stuff. He's like, put this towel down. He's timing me from like when I can bend and grab the towel. And yeah. doing from start. Like, he's got multiple watches. I'm like, there's no way this can be even accurate. And I don't even know what you're doing. I'm gassed. That's one time. Next time, Steve Spagnuolo, who was the Rams head coach, Giants, and I don't even know where Spags is at. Oh, he's in Kansas City. Now, so Schlegs and I were there, and AJ didn't do any of the workouts because he's, you know, he's going to be a top five guy. I'm good. Yeah. And so they're like, hey, same thing, Spags. Oh, quick 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, I got, I got another guy with me. It won't be as bad. <laughs> and I did a full on like, I came right off the field, and he was, like, waiting out there. I come out, and he's got us doing, like, backpedal weaves, like, the whole <laughs> length of the field. He's like, get down, get down. I'm like, my legs are blowing up. Awful, awful. I'm like, I'm, you're not going to complain because you can't look soft. You're, like, yeah. you're not in shape. 
Oh, it was so bad. I, I remember walking off. It was like 6 a.m. Like, I was dead. That's, that's horrible. He had us low, and like, he's like, you think we're almost done? I'm like, I don't know. Like, you don't want to ask. Like, hey, I'm like, that's, I remember I said something. It started at like 9. And he's like, yeah. I was like, coach, you know, I mean, I, I got like class at 1030. I was still finishing up. I'm like, you think it was like 945? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah 15 more minutes. I'm like, jeez. Like, I, mean, like, I was kind of like hoping the, the preps, I would have to sprint out there and just be a sweaty mess to class. But it was uh, – those guys love it, man. Those individual yeah. workouts. They, it's they, just the coaches. So they it's like their dream. They don't have anyone else. Yeah, yeah. For sure, man. I can remember watching Darren Lee. Darren Lee, Steve Miller, and we had another defensive player, like linebacker guy that year, work out for the Patriots. And it was Oh yeah. It was uh it was golly, what's the head coach of the Dolphins? He was a line, he was a coach. Oh, B Flow, Brian Flores. Yeah, yeah. But he just yeah. got He was their, per, their, their the deep, coordinator, but he didn't get the title yeah. or whatever. He was throwing the ball so hard <laughs> at these guys, like with backpedal and sprint. And Steve Miller, you know, he's a, line, he's a defensive man out of trade, but he's working about a linebacker. Oh, yeah. Steve got hit in the face with this ball. It in so oh, good. my God. Awesome. I was like, I forgot about that. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to just go in, my, in, in, the, in the facility. <laughs> oh, yeah, those, guys, those guys definitely love it, though. Spencer, who's the, got the most approved tomorrow? Uh, I think it's Baron Browning, actually. I, I you look at a guy who played linebacker his entire career. They shuffled him around wherever they needed a linebacker. I think he's probably like a three, four guy. I think Bobby probably has a better read on that because you know he played it. But you know, I think he's a good edge rusher. He showed that at, at times during his career. I, I'm anxious to see where NFL teams want him to fit. Uh, but I think if Baron Browning has a good pro day, I think he could start to slide up in these next couple weeks. Uh, the thing is, when you see these guys too in person, Baron's like a physically impressive dude. He's yeah. big, he's Looked tall. Like, it's not just like, okay, you see the numbers, 6'3 and the weight, but then it's like how are guys built? Like He's a broad-shouldered guy. You know, He's got strong legs, good base. He's put together. He's not a doughy dude. Yeah. And, yeah, it'll be big for him to go out there and be able to show, like, I'm an elite athlete. Some of these things, you know, he didn't play. He was injured. He was beat up. Great edge rusher. Really good athletic in coverage. Not really a great, like, traditional inside backer. When you start talking about run reads, like, it's just not his yeah. not his deal. He's, he was an edge guy in high school, and he's really stinking good at it. And so if he can show some of that there, because these guys that you're getting right now, to be able to be a flex linebacker that yeah. can rush the passer, can drop, play man-to-man on tight ends, do stuff like that, and he's got the frame, like, I think that's it's a really big, really big day for him. All right, it's a big day. It's also a big day tomorrow at Roosters, Bob. You didn't yeah. even start on your mozzarella sticks, but that's – Appetizer Tuesday. We're going to take a quick break, load up on some Roosters food. We'll be right back. Roosters is one of the unique companies that we deal with. They're involved in everything we do, from our personal foundation to also the Cancer Research Fund. And that's from the Buckeye Cruise from Cancer to all the events leading up to the Buckeye Cruise. They donate back to different organizations that are near and dear to their heart. And we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long, long time. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Welcome back into Roosters. By the way, I took one week off and the, the signs disappear off the table when Burnham is hosting. I know that you guys must have <laughs> missed me because, you know, I all, all year, this is my show. I need one week off. Burnham handles it. I watched it. It was great. You guys handled it just fine. But it seems like. Awesome. Things are falling apart the next week, Bob. Yeah. You gotta need some dude on dude accountability here. That's what Schlegs. That's what the what, the Jacksonville Jaguars mantra: dude on dude accountability. Cardale. That's what they're all about down there. So I I was the first. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, why am I not surprised? Exactly. <laughs> why am I not surprised? So when I was just in Arizona, I was training with. Uh, I forgot Greg's last name, but he's a he's one of the defensive backs for um, Jacksonville, and he had just left from so being there like got a to week. Beach legs. Yeah, yeah, he just left from being there for a week or so, you know, and because he was doing some type of rehab, whatever maybe, and um, that that was interesting. He was like, man, he's like. Did, he asked me that play once. Like, well, I was like, no, he was my coach, my strength coach. <laughs> he's like, dude, he's crazy. How I was old like, does he think you are? Yeah, I was like. Well, Schlegel acts like he's about 14. But yeah, that's, that's, why, that's why he said because he said he, he he's definitely like relate to the guys. And, like, I said, one thing Schlegel's going to have to get used to is the off-season <laughs> program with NFL. It's no off-season program. I said, he's not going to see his guys. His guys are going to be his dogs, his Miles Jacks and then those dog guys yeah. until like the last week of OTAs and maybe minicamp yeah. and it's going to drive him crazy right <laughs> it's going to drive him crazy because you know these guys everybody go off in the off season and train with their trainers and, and their weight staff and stuff like that and I'm like Slago have to understand quickly <laughs> how the NFL oh, he was telling me <laughs> oh, who's, their, who's their stud receiver to, Shark yeah and Shark he, you know, he's from LSU and yeah He's like, man, you're so skinny. He's like a buck seventy. He's like, wow, well, I used to be bearing college. You know, I don't really like lifting. He's like, hey, Michael Thomas, two fifteen, <laughs> NFL record for catching balls. He's like, we're getting, like, we're getting you there. We're getting there. Like, <laughs> and just on him. He goes, you know what though? Like, you know this because Shakes has an unbelievable like persona. And, like, dudes buy in. He, like, I must say, he gets you to think you you about to do that. Those guys Seriously. are buying in, and yeah. then part of it is he's training there with you, and he's yeah. doing. He goes, I did all the workouts. And, like, I had my other strength coach do them, like, no, we can't do this. Like, <laughs> dudes aren't going to be able – they're not going to train as fast as you. You need to exactly. cut the tempo down. Like, exactly. Some of the older guys. And he's done a really good job because I, I believe those are the same things. I'm like, you can't train them like you do over at the Woody. <laughs> no. These dudes, will, they'll tra- drop the walkout, man. Well, I said, the walkout I said yeah, it'd be like, screw you, see you later, buddy. <laughs> so you got to get them. Like, part of it, they've got to believe that you have their best interest, which is easy with him because yeah. he's a guy who you – you believe because he does. Like he wants. He's like, I want you to get paid. I want you to be healthy, play 16, 17, whatever the games is, yeah. and we're going to sit there. We're going to get you paid, and you're going to be a great player. And this is how we need to get you there. And so guys will buy in. Like, there's good communication back and forth. But yeah, that's why he thinks he's so young. So he's in there probably doing the workouts. <laughs> the time the he was doing the running and running and stuff on the field. It's insane. <laughs> he's going to try. He's trying to earn an actual player contract still for him down there. Oh, for sure. That's well, he just wanted. Uh, he got. He got one 
rundown on kickoff any. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> one. Once one maybe 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 punt because you get a better chance of a return. Maybe one. Swags is the only punt. linebacker. You know when Tress was here, we were all all the guys were always on punt. Swags is the only linebacker that they didn't put on punt team. Oh. <laughs> Wow. They tried Slags one time in a kick scrimmage, <laughs> blocked. He never got out of his kick slide. It was the worst looking thing ever. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This is what it takes to get off of there is you just have to play terrible and like they're gonna take you off. Looks like you can't do it. Get just out don't of understand. There. Oh my god. Uh, so speaking of trying to get guys healthy, Bob, Ohio State's five practices into the spring, and we know that it's not always the most important for some of the veteran guys, but you know, not having a Harry Miller for this camp, for instance, or uh, Haskell Garrett, he's going to be unavailable. Dallas Gant at linebacker. There's, there's. He just know, he hurt his ankle, right? Yeah, he's out. Yeah. He's out for camp. Uh, you still have Cameron Brown out in Court Williams. So there's, you know, five, six guys who could be starters for this team. Now this is two springs in a row for them. So I asked Ryan Day, his, does this one worry you more than it would a normal year? Because anyone can make up for those 15 practices. I don't want to make it into a bigger deal than it is, but after what Ohio State lost, like everybody last year in terms of development, it seems to me like it might be a little bit more of a challenge for Ohio State. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but that this would be the spring where you really wanted those top flight guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree. Um, you look at, and I'm going to try to compare it a little bit to the basketball of NCAA right now, yeah. and you used to seeing the teams like the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Kansas, mm -hmm. these top programs historically – have that freshman come in and be the guy and potentially the first-round draft pick and all this other stuff, mm -hmm. and they just loaded with three or four top freshmen. And they lost, but they lost that development period. And now mm. I don't even know who Duke record was this year, things like that, because they based on state. They, their firepower was always so young. Now when you have that in your older guys that finally have an opportunity to get on the field but still missing two springs of development, yeah, you got to be worried a little sure. bit, right? You say you, you these guys in a way sit back and wait their turn, but, you know, when it's time to really get those reps that you need under your belt, you was kind of cut short from last year because of COVID. So now those returning starters, you know, they probably have more on their place because they don't know exactly what those younger guys do. Now those younger guys are a year older, now the same thing. Or some of these guys are a year older, now the same thing, missing out on a lot of development time. And, and, and really, spring ball is really about finding out who your leaders is, finding out about who those guys are going to be on the field. And it's hard. Yeah, you can say your leader even though, you know, he's maybe out. It's hard to leave from the sideline. Right. Oh. <laughs> it's hard to leave from the sideline. Yeah, no one so, wants to hear. And that's, I mean, that's you, nothing you, against that, but no one wants to hear the dude who's completely fresh. <laughs> yeah, so, like, so, so you get it or, or go harder or yeah. don't go. You know, it's, it's tough. It's, Stay it, focused, guys. Like, <laughs> hey, man, I understand you're on crutches, and I love you, but, but I don't need to be hearing this. Exactly, right exactly. So those guys are missing that aspect, not the development part, but that aspect of, of really pretty much bonding and, and, and establish their leadership and their role as their – I don't want to say alpha male, but, yeah, alpha male of these younger guys. So you got to think about this. You know, the offensive line's got a lot of guys returning. You know, and Harry Miller's most likely slotted to play center. And, like, so your center's one of the leaders. you got a quarterback battle going on with a lot of young guys. So you're yeah. not getting any leadership really at that position. Exactly. These guys are trying to stay afloat. Defensively, all your linebackers are gone, and those are four seniors that were very vocal leadership guys that are, you know, running the huddle and making a lot of the checks. You know, you've got Haskell, the Rascal, Garrett now sitting out. Like, and that hurts. Like, like a lot of your guys, they're not doing the opportunity. You know, Dallas, again, like he's someone who's been in there. Him and Taraja Mitchell, you know, we've talked about that a lot, those guys. Um, Kayvon Pope, like, 
okay, so those guys, you need to be in there. They need to be playing together. They yeah. need to be able to call other guys out, make sure that they're communicating. And the leadership piece, because this is where you kind of forge your team. It's, it's in the winter, and then it's now – and frankly, you know, even in the winter, they were doing some stuff. It's like, all right, what's well, this section of the team and this yeah. section of the team? Like, it's important, and you know, as well as anyone, Cardell, like, you know, Mick, I like, get to bring everybody together. You're doing yeah. team up north. To, I mean, there's there's a, there's a, a developmental process as a team that you're going through where it's painful together. And the reason you can trust on those guys and, and count on them is you know they're going through the same thing you are, and yeah. you see them and you experience them. Like, hey, this dude, he was he was a rough day. He never quit. Kept going. You know, he's, he's failing he's failing keeps keeps battling at it and those are the things that you see and that's when you get to pick guys up and help them out a little bit and so it's just i worry a little bit just not being able to see that happen because that's the stuff you hate as a player because it's no no fun it's stuff nobody sees but that's the stuff that you know what when you get uh, a helmet put into your sternum when you're running for you know a first down (laughs) like those are the things you kind of rely on and you like lean over, like, all right, and you know, like everybody picks you up, like we got this guy, like, and we'll pull together with him. And those are the things that you need to have happen in the off season. Yeah, for sure. But it also gives the opportunity for other guys to step up and become leaders, and, and to step up and, have, and take advantage of these opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to take a position at Haskell Garrett when he's returned, but right. you're going to be relied upon on, and you're going to be, you know, Coach Johnson's going to trust you enough to whoever his backup is to put you in that position if Haskell need a, a breather or two. And then it just reminds me of when when we didn't have Braxton for that whole year and, and definitely going out in camp, it was like, oh my God, our leader, especially on offense, yeah. I know that was our panic. Our leader is gone. Like, who now you looking for a guy like, you wanna do it? You wanna do it? You wanna do it? <laughs> well, you don't feel hey, comfortable saying something. Exactly. You, you haven't really earned you that wasn't, role. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. That's so funny, man. Speaking of not feeling comfortable to say something. Oh my God, man. Just being a leadership role and I, I've never been to too much of a vocal leader, especially the day of a game. Especially a day of a game. And um, it was Minnesota. It was, it was actually the last game I played here. And um, JT had some issues, so he couldn't play that game. And JT, every every time before, after our um, we come in for our final one before we go out, you know, Coach Warner would say something, and then JT would usually say something to get the oh, guys no. up. And, and then it hit the field, all right? So I'm just, like, watching Coach Warner, and I'm, like, getting hyped because I know I'm starting. It's my la- pretty much last, last game. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, this is going to be great, blah, blah, blah. And Coach Warner get done talking. He's like, Cardell, you got him. Uh, 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 I was like, he's uh, expecting uh, me to work on three. You know, literally just froze up because I wasn't that style of leader. And and even, you know, times I was playing, I didn't feel myself like, oh, I'm the guy, the leader, and things like that. But yeah. I think this would be a great opportunity for these younger guys to step up and have the opportunity to do so. I think that's why when Al Washington was talking last week that, like, you know, we know that there's two guys playing inside linebacker, but one of them's got to be the, the middle of the mic and, and anchor that. And, it was looking like that was going to be Dallas Gant, and it still could be. You know, he can make up for that time, like I said, but I think the uncertainty for Ohio State is why there's still Spencer involved in the in the transfer portal, why there's uh, a lot of heavy interest and possibility there with Tennessee and Henry 2020, if I have that right. I don't know. That's another pronunciation that I'll have to maybe learn. Does he like McDonald's? Uh, well, I mean, he, McDonald's was at, he was at Tennessee. He must have been loving it. So Perfect. Um, that's, you know, he's in there. That's an opportunity, but I think that, that's why, if you're looking at this for Ohio State, with no returning starters, and then the fifth leading tackler, Dallas Gant, now out, 
that's so much uncertainty. That's why you can't turn down anything that may be out there if there's experience, Spencer. Yeah, you got to keep your options open. I think that's exactly what they're doing. I think they're playing it the right way. They're seeing what they have in the in the building right now, seeing how this linebacker room could shake out. Hey, we need a middle linebacker. Hey, there happens to be a former five-star guy who has experience playing high-level football, and he was a for all all American as a freshman. I think freshman all American. He was an all SEC player uh, twice. I think so. It's a guy who could really, really help them. Now, yeah. the interest from Ohio State's there. He at least has some interest. But now it's it's basically Ohio State, Alabama, or go back to Tennessee. I can't really see him going back to Tennessee now. <laughs> One of those options is not like the other. Yeah, so. and so you know his dad has said, uh, you know, we're not going to make that mistake again by going away from Alabama. But at the same time, Ohio State is selling a very, very uh, good sales pitch right now that the opportunity to play right away to play for a national championship to win the big 10 um and to step in and become a leader where you know alabama has those linebackers every year and if you can come into ohio state and instantly be that leader and that middle linebacker that really you know those linebackers at ohio state were great the last few years but they haven't had that middle linebacker who was a true just like incredible all-american style player and a leader at the same time if you can do that at ohio state i think that says something so i think that's Ohio State's playing it correctly. Henry Tooto is playing it oh, correctly, it okay. and and I think it's a match made in heaven. Now they they just have to both come to terms with that. Yeah, I mean that's Ohio State hasn't had that guy since Anthony Schlegel. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe I, I was going to lump uh, Raekwon in there. I maybe Raekwon. Oh, a bit of a Raekwon leader. for sure. Yeah, and he's a, but he, Raekwon was very stoic. You got to be who you are, man. Yeah. Like if you're not a talker, you're not a talker. AJ didn't talk at all. You know, Raekwon not really a talker. No. You know, but when he said something, people listened. You know, that's how how did AJ go from not talking at all to doing a daily podcast with? I don't know. That's a great <laughs> question. I told this like people like you know you've got your your senior superlatives your yearbook like yeah. AJ most likely to be a hermit, least likely to work anything <laughs> in the media. I mean, he avoided like the plague. He never liked talking to anybody. You know, I think his wife you know, Laura loosened him up over the years. You know, he has more fun with it now. I don't know. Like, but it, he he didn't he would wanted no part of that. He was never the pregame speech guy. He used to. Get mad when guys get up there and just ramble on. It's just he's like, let's just go play. Like, don't worry about all that stuff. He just needed Cardale. That's me. No, that's me. I was like, guys, we got a game. Let's go get. Let's go get to work. You know how coach as then as I can say at this point or anyone. (laughs) You know how coach Tress would. uh, have the seniors say say the blessing at, at the night before dinner. <laughs> Dude, you want to talk about some of the most classics? Or AJ, AJ's or the best. You had to talk to Joel Penton, who was, you know, one of the more uh, spiritual guys on our team, and, like, just give me an outline of, like, because yeah. AJ would get so, I think, like, nervous and just, I don't want to butcher him, just, like, stumble <laughs> through some stuff. And he's like, AJ, and he uh, just, like, stump, stammer some things out. It's dead silent. And like had no ending point, no landing. I mean, it's like Ben Stiller and uh, Ben Stiller meet the parents, and so he gave, Joel gave him a little bit of like, okay, use a roadmap. We'll say this, have a little in here, and then we'll finish it up, close it up, and you'll be good. The, the fifteen thirty seconds doesn't need to be long. It's the, it's the like the you know you hanging with your peers, your boys, pretty much all year round, all day. And but as soon as you got to get up and speak in front of it, it's a completely yeah. different atmosphere. And I remember Coach Meyer used to torture guys like that, like. Oh, freaking! As soon as we travel to a away game, and he asked something about that state, like you know what the state known oh, for, gosh. and man, he used to tell guys like on the spot, just get guys up, you know, hey, you know, um, Wisconsin. I guess Wisconsin known for dairy, yeah. and he was like, name a dairy product to a guy named Jamal Marcus. Jamal Marcus. Oh God! <laughs> name a dairy. <laughs> name a dairy. Product. It's like celebrity he's Jeopardy. He say name a dairy. He say Wisconsin is big for dairy product. Blah blah. blah. Leader in cheese, blah blah blah, something like that. 
name a dairy product. And while he's saying it, he's like, go, say it. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, cow. <laughs> he go the cow, <laughs> and the whole team just oh we lose and then oh I'm I'm spilling the beans on these guys then Von Bell we oh, and uh, we getting ready to play um Cali and Cali uh, Berkeley uh, Cal Cal yeah and um man he tell them to spell California oh jeez <laughs> Von goes K and that's what happens right there. that's what happens everybody go crazy everybody went crazy and then we're freaking East Lansing man play, get ready to play Michigan State after the year they beat us so no this is the night game at Michigan State because they beat us in the Big Championship game the, day, the year yeah. before this is 2014 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um <laughs> Um, Coach Meyer asked a guy, man, Brown Tate Dunn was my roommate at the oh, time, geez. man. He asked him to spell Detroit. <laughs> so, he's, so, Coach Meyer, and it's the intimidating factor of him yelling and going, oh, oh, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah. go. Yeah. So, Brown Tate Dunn just completely froze up. <laughs> like, and he, So, he's like, would you know how to spell it? He goes, <laughs> <laughs> Team that honestly crazy. might have been the best thing is not saying anything. Yeah. You don't have any ammo. <laughs> like, just, I don't know. I don't know. Nah, I'm out. He's he just like, then as the guy started to spell something or say something, he's just like, what? I can't hear you. Speak up. <laughs> and like, uh, I just get so flustered, man. I'm just like, oh, my God. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. This. This is, what I missed. this is what I missed last Monday. I do appreciate Berm coming in, but so fun to hang out here at Roosters with these guys and get these great stories, talk some Ohio State football. Pro Day tomorrow, 10 more practices for spring. Spring game coming up in, what, about a month now? We're going to have, yeah. oh, closer than that, three weeks. We're going to have full coverage of that, maybe an event with these guys, unless Cardale's on a roster by then. We'll see what happens. Uh, Bobby Carpenter, Cardale Jones, Spencer Holbrook, great to be back here. Come check out Roosters. Got some mozzarella sticks on Appetizer Tuesday. Take those home. That's Liberty's new favorite thing to eat. So we've got a new fan. Uh, and I'm just Austin Ward. We'll see you next Monday for full coverage. Stay with us uh, for Ohio State football at LettermanRow.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.